my goodness, this is like the most out of context, wrongly quoted verse ever. People are like, money is the root of all evil, yeah. right? No, the Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Welcome to Live Life Creative, breaking down the barriers to being more creative. I'm Dylan Crybrink. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate that. So today is part two of our conversation with Devin Robinson. Really glad I had a chance to talk with him because he is a super cool guy. Uh, We're going to start out with a little discussion of the love of money, why it's good to give away your help, and he's got a really good Instagram tip from his Instagram marketing course. And if you don't mind, I would really love it if you followed Live Life Creative Podcast on Instagram. You can also search for the podcast, Live Life Creative Podcast on Facebook. And if you have any feedback on the episodes, like how it's helped you, especially this one with Devin, uh, anything that you'd like to share with me and have on the show, you can send me audio feedback. Just record it in your favorite voice memo app, uh, share it out to your email, and then you can email it to live life creative podcast at gmail.com. And as always, the show notes for all of the episodes and today's episode are going to be at live life creative podcast.xyz. Okay, let's get back into today's conversation with Devin. Now you've talked some about you used to be a college campus pastor and your faith really comes out in your work a lot. So how does that come out for you? Like kind of like day to day or maybe overall in your business, how does your faith interact with what you do? I think uh, my faith is the foundation of everything I do. And so when I talk about integrity and when I talk Mm -hmm. about these things, I think it's really easy to put our business on a pedestal. And I think it's really easy to get out of priorities in that. And so for me to understand that like, all of this is nothing apart from the glory of God in my life. And all of this is nothing uh, apart from the grace that the Lord has given me to be able to do these things. Then it puts, puts it into perspective and me understanding like, I'm not that great. Like it cracks me up. Like, so like, it's so weird. We'll go places and people recognize me. And I'm like, I'm just a wedding photographer. Like, you know, like there's this perspective that changes in me that like, there's no such thing as a celebrity in my life because like the only celebrity in my life is is Jesus Christ and is the Lord. And like, that's, that's just how I try to, to remember and anchor myself because otherwise it gets to a really dangerous place for me being very competitive and a very approval, just driven, like uh, like approval of man driven and awards driven. If those things, like if I lose an award or if people don't want me and they don't book me and I find my identity in that, then I'm crushed. And so like, because that's not the case, then I think my business can continue because like one, I'm working right to the glory of God. And so that means I work hard to the glory of God. That means that like my identity is in him and not my, not my clients and what people think about me. And because my identity is in Christ, then that means that that's a perception that my clients have of me. And if I'm not doing a great job with my clients, then that like, I'm not representing Christ well in my business. And so there's so many things. It's not just something that I go, oh, you know, God's first, my business, my, my, my marriage is second, my business is third. It's not that. It's everything revolves around this identity that I have in Christ. Everything revolves around the fact that this is a good and gracious gift that the Lord has given me. Like the, all of that revolves around that. And there was a season in my life where like I was growing my business really, really quickly and my marriage took a huge hit because of it. And all of these things are happening because of it while my my business was still growing. But my life, my personal life was falling apart. And so it just really was a time for me to step back and reflect on that and be like, okay, like 
first things first here. Like my foundation needs to be set before I can build upon it or else it's on a slippery slope. Like, right, the Bible says it, mm-hmm. you can build it, like your foundation has to be strong or else it like that house is going to blow away on that sand, you know? And so really yeah. have to understand that like for uh, for me and my wife, like that's where our foundation is. And that's why we're able to grow and, and like understand that, you know, if we don't win this award or if we don't do this, if they don't book us, if we don't go to this place, that's okay. It's really good to hear that. Uh, working at a ministry, I've worked here since I got it out of college and I've always been in kind of like a Christian bubble, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. So one thing I struggle with is like, if I'm not actually working like at a church, at a ministry, like how can I work for God? You know, yeah. how does my faith come out and what I do? If it's not something like so direct, you know, yeah, like 100%. That. so it's good to hear that. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, like, look, I think that's a, I think that's a struggle. I also serve every Monday at a, at our UNC Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It's a school near us at their FCA. Okay. What's FCA? Oh, sorry. FCA is fellowship of Christian athletes. So it's okay. pretty much just like not all the athletes, but it's, Christian professing athletes at UNC Charlotte. Some of them are, you know, like really walking with the Lord and some of them are learning what that means. And I, I served in that and I spoke at their winter blast, which is like a retreat give, getaway. And I talked about that. And I talked about this stigma behind being a Christian and making a lot of money. Like they're not mm-hmm. bad things. Like money is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bible doesn't say like, oh my goodness, this is like the most out of context, wrongly quoted verse ever. People are like, money is the root of all evil, yeah. right? No, the Bible says for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, right? And so like, mm-hmm. it does not say money is the root of all evil, the love of money. So like the idolatry of money, the pursuit of money over everything, the love and the affection towards money over everything is the root of all kinds of evil. It leads to all types of sin and 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 kind of like things like us going in different directions in our life. Like that's the difference, Right. Like that's the, that Mm -hmm. it's not the money that does it. It's our heart towards the money. And so just talking through that with these college students and helping them to understand if you go and you, if you go and you play in the NFL, because like there's some kids from UNC Charlotte have gone and played in the NFL, gone and played in the major leagues, gone and played in, in, you know, the NBA. And it's like, if you go and you do those things, that's okay for you to make a lot of money. It's what you do with that money. And it's if you allow that money to consume you, that is the wrong thing, you know? And so just Mm -hmm. talking through that and it's like, it's okay to make money and be a believer. It's okay to run a good, successful money and be a believer. Mm -hmm. You do it to the glory of the Lord, you know? Do you know who Donald Miller is? Yeah, so Story Brand. Yeah, that guy. I'd be interested to see what he would have to say on this. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. I think uh, he's got a lot of interesting interesting thing to say. He's a great guy. That Story Brand, is it's on point. It's good. Why did you start your podcast and YouTube channel? I mean, being a wedding photographer... You're saying you've got 40 weddings a year, some of these years booked. I mean, that is a busy life. Now you also want to add like uh, podcasts and YouTube. Like, why did you want to add that to your plate? There's so much into that. Okay. So we're in a very unique and interesting culture in that the common thought is I want to hide everything I have because somebody else is going to steal it. Like somebody else is going to take like what I do and they're going to grow their business and they're going to become my Mm -hmm. competitors. For me, I'm under the camp that like, I want to give, give, give. When I hear people, especially in my area that are like, I'm making photography my full-time gig. I'm like, yes, I love that photography is allowing you to have the lifestyle you've always wanted. That is Mm -hmm. awesome. Like that's such a great thing. And I think what tends to happen is we go, no, not another photographer taking my business. (laughs) Right. But like, here's the thing I'm, I want to give and I want to give because like at the end of the day, I can give, give, give. And like 1% of the people 
are going to take what I teach, apply it to their business and try to keep up with me. And that's awesome because at the end of the day, that 1%, we're going to do it anyway. Even even if I didn't go on and give away all this free content, even if I didn't go on and have this podcast, that 1% would win anyways. My goal is to be able to help that 99 to be able to like have that glimpse of hope, is to be able to have the content and the resources to be able to make it if they then decide to be that 1%. And like that's my thing is to being able to do that. And I also think in the long run, so like it's another Gary V thing. Like a lot of this, like this is a very Gary V premise. So if you've heard this before, it's because he says it. Um, but it's also something that I think in the past I haven't been able to like nail down until I listened to him and I was like, that's why I do this. I just want to give, man. I I love being able to give. I love being able to see people grow. It like it. There's like no greater joy in my life. I just got a DM from somebody that was just like, "Hey, man, how do you? I, I know I don't want to bother you, but how do I change this in Lightroom?" And I sent a video to him and showing him how to do it because like I love seeing people grow. And then I also know on a very practical scale, like a very practical level, one of the reasons. So we just recent we just recently launched a workshop and we launched sixteen. Mm-hmm. Well, we launched twelve spots initially, and it sold okay. out. So so quickly we sold like it sold out in an hour and a half at eighteen hundred dollars wow. a piece that we we opened it up to four more spots and it sold out in less than like 10 minutes and so like but the reason that is i think is because like we've given and given and given so much that people are like of course why wouldn't i give you my money like why wouldn't i do this you've given me so much and there's more you can give me it's almost this concept of reciprocity and uh the the, the fact that like they know that what I give is valuable, you know? And so like they feel better investing their money into what I teach. And so I think in a practical long-term, it's, it's another thing Gary V says, he says like the short-term sprint, long-term marathon. I work hard right now, but I work for the long-term marathon knowing that like all the stuff I'm doing right now is also going to pay off for me in the long run. So starting with the podcast, how did you get started on like a practical level? Like what did you do to research, to find uh, the equipment you needed, the services you needed? Yeah, no, man, I, uh, I didn't. So I, I was like, I want to do a podcast. I like it. And so like I did, I guess the only thing I researched was like, Hey, I've seen people with these Yeti mics before. And I went, mm-hmm. I got a Yeti mic. And then like, I use this app called Anchor. So you'll notice mm-hmm. like our first five episodes at the end, they're like, hey, check us out on Anchor FM because like Anchor, if you guys want to get into podcasting, uh, Anchor is an incredible, incredible resource for people to use and to be able to uh, podcast with. And what they'll do is they'll set everything almost up for you. And it's really, really awesome and really easy. And then they push you out to all the different like uh, networks and stuff. So you actually don't have to do it. So it's really, really awesome. And then what's the name of your podcast too, if people want to listen to that? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's called the Anchored Business Podcast. Uh, So it's been historically centered around photography, but since especially Mm -hmm. I'm making making this change into more of just like a non-photography, a business marketing job, like business that I've opened, it's going to have a lot more just like business-minded or just like I have uh, our financial advisor who is amazing. Some people that say that's some of their favorite episode. He's been on there. <laughs> I've had one of my friends who's an incredible music artist. He's been on there. So like I really like to switch it up to be different types of people, not just photographers mm-hmm. on there. Just because I think there's really beneficial things that a lot of people have to say that are really applicable to photographers. So why did you want to start the YouTube channel too? One, I, I love YouTube. Like YouTube, I think, is the future of entertainment for people. Like, I find myself being on YouTube and watching YouTube more than I watch television. And I do, like, I'll go to the gym, and if I'm on the treadmill for, you know, 40 minutes or whatever, I'll watch 
five, 10 YouTube videos. And that gets me through it much quicker than like an episode would, or even like just looking around at whatever the heck's going on at the gym. And so like, I literally bring out my giant iPad pro set it on the treadmill and just go from there and watch YouTube videos. And so I think YouTube being like a main, like, I think it is one of the things now you have YouTube, you have Instagram, uh, and you have, you know, Facebook a little bit, but I think those are like the main content consumption sources that we have. And so me being on there, I just figured that was a great way for me to be able to give. Like my my biggest thing, what I love to do in an attempt to give is like, I want to give freely what people pay for, like what people charge for. And so like mm-hmm. a lot of the content you'll see, like I have good friends who charge certain things for things. And then I put those, I, I put them on for free. Like my, not, I, don't, I don't put like theirs on, but I put like my right. perspective and point of view on whatever that is for free. Because like, I just believe so hard into giving people, like I think the 1% is going to make it, like I said earlier, and mm-hmm. regardless if I give or not, but I can give and give and give and help out the people that really need a lot of that help and just giving my resources freely. And I just, I love just being able to do that. Uh, but then I also do just practically think it end up coming around to me. Uh, I just think that giving like that is, and people feeling the sense of reciprocity is just a very practical thing and a, and a very human nature type of thing. And I love to give and and so do other people. And so they end up giving in ways that are best for them, whether that's monetarily for something that I am actually selling or signing up for a workshop, which is why it sells out in an hour, you know? So it just really mm-hmm. just depends. And I think a, par- a big part of that is building that platform. And YouTube has been a really great way for me to be able to build that platform and reach the masses. Like some of the people that signed up for my workshop, strictly found us on YouTube. Like they're like, they'll message me and they'll say, Hey, I found you on YouTube, love this content. And that's how they started following us. And then like, I began nurturing those followings by giving more and, and having more content for them. And then eventually they, they booked a, they booked a spot in the workshop. Uh, what is the name of your YouTube channel? Uh, it's just anchor and veil photography. So if you search anchor and veil photography on YouTube, uh, you'll Mm -hmm. see it. And like, we don't have a ton of followers on it. Um, and because like, I just, haven't done a huge job at pushing it, but people just find it yeah. organically and we don't have anything that's gone viral, but I just really try to put out good content. And unfortunately mm-hmm. I haven't been as consistent as I want to be on podcasting yeah. or YouTube. But when I do get out there, I'm really trying to put as much value as I possibly can. Cool. Really cool. Yeah. So with podcasting YouTube, did you get started on both of those things like on your own? Did you have somebody helping you with that? Uh, how did that work out for you? Yeah, I just did them on my own just whenever I had time. Really? No, we, mm-hmm. I have a I have a content creator uh, that helps me out with a lot of those things. And so he'll oh, cool. help to streamline that process so I don't have to spend a lot of time yeah. editing and things like that because there's so yeah. much other things, so many other things going on that outsourcing yeah. that is great. Like I'm a big, big, big fan of outsourcing. I think it's 100% necessary if you want to be sustainable in business. I think you just have to be willing to give it up. Like you just can't be romantic about every aspect of your business because there's some parts of your business that other people do way better than you ever could. Yeah. To switch gears a little bit, you've been doing your wedding photography for a number of years now and you're expanding your business a little bit. I think I remember reading something about you having an associates program that you're working on. Yeah. So right now we're actually, because, so we get 300, over 300, 350 inquiries a year. And I, I got to the point where I was like, I can't do all of these weddings myself, clearly, and I want to do less. So what we ended up doing was I raised my prices a good amount. Uh, So like the average person books us around $8,000 and I shoot about 15 weddings uh, a year. And then we have associates. So I have three other associates and two second photographers and a videographer and their prices begin at like 3,500. 
we get 300 inquiries a year, not, not even 30. If I was shooting 40 weddings, that's like, gosh, I don't know. That's like 15, 20% of the weddings I'm only, I'm able to shoot. So I shoot those. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's terrible math. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> let's just go with like 20 it's or 30. It's not a math show. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So, uh, <laughs> you know, 20 or 30% of those weddings I can shoot the rest of them. I'm either booked for or too expensive. And so mm-hmm. with something like that, I'm able to alleviate that by having associates and not being super romantic about our brand. Now, like for me, it's hard. So we were nominated as two of the rising top 30 wedding photographers in the world and things like that. And so it's hard to replace that, but I can train people. And if they can, if, if I have clients that understand you're paying a different price for somebody who's not like the same as me, but the style and we have, we outsourced our editing. So our editor is doing my weddings and their weddings. So the editing is going to all be the same. And if they understand that, then they have no problem uh, paying for a photographer in our same studio. And we don't call them associates. Whenever we send an email out, I'm in that list of photographers in like a third person form. It's like, you can hire Devin. These are his prices. This is what he is. You can hire, we have Crystal, Ali, and Matt. You can hire one of them. These are their prices. And so it's not like you can hire me or you can hire an associate. It's like, no, these are our four photographers. That's really good because I, I know that there's probably some photographers and other people in other kinds of work that are kind of full of themselves. Yeah. And if they had some kind of, uh, you know, additional help in their business like this, they would be like, yeah, you can have me or you can have one of these little people yeah, over here. Right. And that would be. And then nobody wants terrible. to hire the little people. They want you. You right. know what I'm saying? And so this yeah, and like, it kind of defeats the purpose. Right. And this is like one of my greatest desires is that like I'm shooting five weddings a year at where like only the ones I want to shoot, which I'm at now where it's like 15 mm-hmm. a year. And, but like, and then they're shooting 20 each. And then like, we're able to pay them a good amount of money. And all they do is show up and shoot and they call the wedding. And then I send it off to my editor and that's all they do. They don't have to worry about backend stuff and they get paid one, two, $3,000 for a wedding that they just show up and shoot. That's really valuable to them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool that you're offering that kind of opportunity to somebody as photographers like that. And I also noticed, I watch your Instagram a lot. Uh, you just started an Instagram marketing course and that's kind of blown up, it seems like. Yeah, it's been really awesome. Uh, what I really, really, one of the things I love about, you're asking, this is going to be a long podcast and I love it. <laughs> so uh, what I love about Instagram and oh my gosh, what I love about Instagram <laughs> courses is people are so full of themselves when they launch these Instagram courses and they think that like, they have a method that attracts people to them, right? Like that's what people sell in an Instagram course is a method that attracts people to their profile. Like, so five, here's my Instagram course on how to make your feed look better and gain followers, whatever. My Instagram course has nothing to do with me. And that's what I think is why it's doing so well is because here's the thing, uh, Dylan, we live in a narcissistic culture that like is so consumed with themselves that like they don't give a rip about my Instagram feed. What they care about is what my Instagram feed provides for them. And the, and the mm-hmm. value that it has for them, the fact that they like the photos, right? Not like my photos are great. It's that they like them. Like that's the psychological difference in this course. It's not that my photos are great. It's not that my feed looks awesome. It's that it's aesthetically pleasing to them. And so my course revolves around the fact that we are engaging with people. If you look, we have, you know, we have 12,000 Instagram followers, whatever, but like, I've been doing the same thing since we had like less than 5,000 Instagram followers and booking weddings. We get over, I think it's like in the past uh, 
two years, we've made over $250,000 from Instagram alone being our lead, wow. being a lead source. And that's because a lot of them, and we get over a hundred inquiries a year from Instagram. And a lot of them is like, I can't book that many because it's just me. But with my associates, that number is going to rise. But mm-hmm. like, that's the thing is like, what I teach is a little bit different in that like, it's all about them. It's all about engaging with them authentically and not being like rad snap on a photo of them like crying or something, you know, but it's like authentic engagement that's also streamlined and then also builds relationships. And that's what the course is all about. And like, it's been really cool. And that people are not, because there's a Facebook group and they'll be like, hey, I'm two days into this course. I haven't even dove into, oh no, I got the course two days ago, haven't even dove into everything and I've already gotten leads from it. And it's like, we're seeing stories like that all over the place and it's really, really cool. Sounds really cool that you're able to, you know, be able to turn something that you've used for your own business and be able to help other people with it too. That's really good. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest desires and I can sell it for like a whole bunch, but you know, I sell it for $149 and I, I, cause I'm not like, I want to make a ton of money off this. I want to see people succeed more than Mm -hmm. I want to see the money. You know what I'm saying? Do you have like one intro tip from the course that you could give us, uh, give the listeners just to get them hooked on it, maybe? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think one of the biggest tips, okay, all right, you ready for this? This is like yeah. huge, this is like huge, but so easy. Uh, so one of the biggest tips, and I dive into it much deeper on this, is to utilize keyboard shortcuts. So go to, like, if you go to your phone, you go to general and you go to keyboard and accessibility or whatever it is, just find it. Or you could just search keyboard shortcuts. Literally what I do is I go in and let's say somebody gets engaged and I see that on, I've made it so that my, uh, my, my engagement is super authentic, but it's super streamlined. So I will literally type in dream wedding with no spaces. And as soon as I press space at the end of the G, it populates a whole paragraph that says, oh my gosh, so excited for you, swooning over your ring, love, like, uh, like blah, blah, blah. I can't remember what else it says. But one thing it does not say, and I see this all the time, is photographers will go, oh, so awesome. Me, we, we are a destination wedding photography studio and send us an email. What I say is mm-hmm. it's so like what that says is me, 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 me come to me. But what I say is so awesome. So excited for you. Um, uh, your wedding is going to be an absolute dream. If you need anything or have any questions, please don't hesitate to let us know. And then we have a bunch of emojis at the end of it because emojis, <laughs> um, psychologically and statistically speaking, have a whole lot more engagement than if you didn't have emojis in your, uh, in your comments. So just so you know that. Uh, so that's yeah. one of the things that I Great like. Tip. So uh, keyboard shortcuts is huge. There's a lot more about that in the course and authentic engagement that is about them and not you. It makes them the hero, not you. Yeah, that's absolutely true. We were talking about the story brand book a little bit ago. Well, Donald Miller in a way. And he's all about that. Nobody cares about your company that was started in 1939 by your grandfather and all this different stuff. Yep. It's totally true. Can you tell me about a time when you felt like you were really stuck creatively and was there anything specific that you did to kind of break out of that? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things for me has been historically like I I push myself and so I don't stay in creative ruts long because I always am looking around and my eyes are always wondering and lights and shadows and things like that. Um, One of the biggest things though, when it comes to getting out of creative ruts, I think is always experimenting or shooting for yourself. Like the reason why you're in a creative rut is because you're getting burnt out doing 
doing something that you feel obligated to do. So I think get, doing something that you love to do helps to get you out of creative ruts. For me, it just became like a lot more of having fun and really experimenting and being true to like my eyes. So whenever I saw something, I wasn't like, ah, no, I won't do that. But I was like, hey, let's go try this out. And it really got me experimenting a lot with light and shadows. And so you'll see a lot of that in my work now. And there was yeah. a transition that that happened. And I think that happened because I started experimenting a lot more and just really trusting myself in that. And so like when people are in creative ruts, I think you either need to get away or you need to just start doing something that you love. So I have a friend, her name is Abby Grace. She absolutely kills these ballerina sessions because that's something she loves to do. And I think that's kind of the biggest difference is you could easily get burnt out and then you just end up quitting or you can continue pursuing what you love. And if your work doesn't allow you to do that yet, then pursue that in another avenue. What I also would suggest though with your work is if that's the case and you're trying to do that, but within your work, shoot five for your client, then shoot one for you. You know what I'm saying? So like mm. five photos you think your client's going to like, the next yeah. one, do something that's you. Or like two locations your show photo's going to, or your, your client's going to like, shoot that next location is something that you just think is going to be cool, even if it doesn't work. I can't tell you how many sessions that I'm like, ooh, this looks funny. This looks crazy. Let's do this. Sometimes it works. A lot of times it doesn't, but it still feeds that creativity in me. Nice. Yeah. I really like that idea too. The shoot five, shoot one. Yeah. That's really good. Sarah Dietschy. Have you heard of her? She's a YouTuber. No, I haven't. She's like creativity, uh, tech review kind of thing. Cool. She had a similar concept. I was just listening to her podcast, The Creative Exchange, uh, where she'll do one video uh, for her audience that she thinks her audience will like, but then she'll do the next video for herself, something that she like is personally motivated to do something like that. So similar ideas. I think that's a great concept. That's awesome. Uh, it, yeah, no, like, yeah. it's really, I mean, it, it is a great concept and I'm glad she's doing it too. I think more people should be doing stuff like that. What are some sources of inspiration for you that you like to go to if you want to, you know, come up with a new idea or try to experiment with yes, something yes, or yes. come up with an idea for an experiment? Oh, yes. Okay. So um, <laughs> I love this. Uh, one of my greatest yeah. sources of inspiration is our movies uh, because actually movies and TV really? shows, but not just any movie and TV shows, like really well done cinematography. What I would suggest right now, anybody listening to this, I don't know if you have a weak stomach. If not, uh, then maybe don't do this. But Hannibal, are you familiar with the movie Hannibal? I've heard of it. I've not seen okay, it. Okay, Hannibal is about a, uh, a, a what do you call it? A, a, a cannibal who it, mm -hmm. does crimes, like defeating the FBI all over the place because they can't catch him and he's a cannibal. Well, they came out with, a t Amazon has a TV show called Han Hannibal. And the cinematography in that show is the best I've ever seen. Like never in my life have I seen cinematography like it before. And it's absolutely amazing. And so the symmetry in there is so good. The light, the color grading, amazing. So I love to find inspiration there. Also, another place that I really find in, uh, inspiration from is in movies, but there is an Instagram account specifically called the underscore ASC, which stands for the American Society of Cinematographers. And they have an Instagram account. And in that account, they just have some amazing, amazing compositionally just like blow your mind type of photos. Uh, that's really great inspiration. But I would say my biggest inspiration in photography is a guy named Rodney Smith, who is a photographer who okay. died a couple years ago. He's not a wedding photographer, 
but the dude blows my mind. And so I took one photo at a wedding of a groom who was standing during Hurricane Florence. They still had their wedding and he was standing with an umbrella waiting for the first look during Hurricane Florence. And that photo was like the closest photo I've ever been to a photo of Rodney Smith's. And it fed my soul so well. Like somebody even posted and was like serious Rodney Smith vibes. And I about quit right there. I was like, let's go. Like it was just so (laughs) awesome. He just, he blows my mind. His work is so, 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 so amazing. I've got a giant book. It's like 30 pounds and it's like 20 by 30. It's a huge book on my, on, um, on like a, a desk that we have. And it's, it's just, sometimes it's good to look through it. It's really cool. Cool. Have you ever had like a huge struggle as a creative person with uh, photography or any other part of your life that you were just really, it was really hard for you to work past this, like a fear of what other people think or an excuse that you were telling yourself that you had to break through? Yeah, I think for me, if I'm honest, I think uh, because of I'm because I'm a perfectionist, I fall into this sometimes this feeling of I get overwhelmed and disappointed in myself. One because like I I have a lot of work to do, but I, I enjoy it so much, and then I get disappointed with myself when I doesn't mm. like doesn't lead up to what I want it to be. And I think it falls more into like a self-deprecating kind of like I am terrible at this kind of feeling until I get like, I just kick myself in the butt. I get back on the high horse and I say like, look, my identity isn't found in this, in this thing or me failing at this thing, but in my ability, one, like one in Christ, but then in my ability to be able to, Mm -hmm. to keep going and to pursue and persevere through this and to come out like crushing whatever I do end up doing. And so like, that's just been my mindset across the board on this. And so I don't really get down and stay down for long because like, I just don't have that. Like, I just honestly, like I just am am not built that way. And so it's just very different in that mindset. Practically thinking, I think one, you just need to evaluate where you are, what it is getting you down like that, and then almost try to eliminate it. Sometimes it's friends. Sometimes it's it's like an outside source. Like here's the thing that I hate about our industry is people spend more time taking photos for people that don't pay them than people that do pay them. You know what I'm saying? So we spend yeah. more time taking photos to post in a Facebook group or on Instagram than for people <laughs> yeah. who pay us or for our own self gain. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's mm-hmm. where people really get down. I do think about that sometimes. Like, why am I really doing this? Yeah. What's what's the reasoning behind this? You 100%, know? man. You on your podcast have a segment that you call What the, what gram. the gram. Let's go. And I would like to do, in honor of you being the guest, to do a What the Gram. <laughs> awesome. Earlier today, I went through your main Instagram account and found some pictures. Okay, this first picture, I got to say, I, got, I really like this first picture. I'm going to send it to you here. Okay. This is a picture of Devin. He's got a camera in each hand. He's wearing an LA Dodgers hat, but his t-shirt is a picture of a large orange cat. And this stood out to me so much on your uh, Instagram profile because it is not a bride. It is something way different. Can you tell us a little bit about this shirt, uh, about the cat? All right. So I love this photo and I love this shirt. So what's really funny is uh, I had a client, we had a client and the client like knows I love my cats. Like it's just really funny. Like we love our cats. We have trackers on our cats. Like if you looked at our Instagram highlights, we have a whole section on like tracking our cats. It's really funny. (laughs) And people like were behind it because like it would be like the adventures of Oliver and like the next day would come and people would be like, where's Oliver going today? You know, like, and it was just really, really funny. (laughs) And so, uh, but like, 
this is like one of our clients one day after the session or after the wedding, I can't remember. Oh no, they handed us a bag and it literally was this, this shirt right here. They gave me a shirt and they gave Catherine a shirt. And uh, this shirt had this picture on it. And I can't tell if this literally is a picture of my cat that they put on a shirt or if they found a shirt that looks like my cat, but I don't care. I rock it <laughs> all the time. Like I go to the yeah. mall, I go to, I go to theme parks in it. I go to my, nice. my FCA meeting. So I'm literally around a bunch of division one athletes wearing this shirt. <laughs> like it's, I don't care. Like it's fine with me. It's who I am, man. You know, like I don't care. Yeah. And so like, it just is really, really funny. And so, yes, I love this shirt. It's awesome. And it's a picture of me and my cat. Or actually not me and nice. my cat, just my cat. Well, you're in the picture. I, in, I guess I in am the in the picture. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this next photo is a picture of you and Catherine. Uh, both wearing Dodgers uh, hats and uh, gear, and you're at a baseball stadium. Oh. And you're wearing a T-shirt that says "Spring Training." Oh yeah. And you had a you tell the story a little bit in the caption, but can you tell us about this picture and the what surrounding oh, it? Oh yes. Yeah. So I am a die-hard Dodgers fan, like to my core. Like I, the, some of the <laughs> earliest memories of my life. I'm from LA, so some of the earliest memories okay. I have are at Dodger games. And so, uh, and like them, and in the caption, I mentioned this and then like for my birthday, I'd go July 2nd on my birthday and they'd have fireworks and I'd be like, they're doing fireworks for me. This is so awesome. And I love the Dodgers. Well, I was born in 1989 and the Dodgers won the last world series in 1988. So, uh, the last Ooh. year, last year when the Dodgers went up on the Cubs three to zero, we bought world series tickets and we were like, we are going, doesn't matter how much it costs. And then the next day the Cubs won and we were like, Oh shoot. Uh, but then ended up the Dodgers Dodgers going to the World Series, but then also that next day, I got a call. Actually, I went to check on my tickets, and it was like, your tickets are no longer available. And I'm like, what? And so StubHub actually like sells your tickets, or like somebody mm -hmm. owns your tickets. So at any moment, that guy could be like, no, I don't want to sell these anymore. So that guy took back the tickets. And um, so oh, I had no. to find other tickets that were a little more expensive, but I'm glad I did because they were in much better seats. Um, and they were like mm -hmm. in the stands, right over left field wall. And there were, and like, so we went during the World Series, and it was, I mean, me and my wife, like, even she says it, it was one of the best experiences of our lives, even better than the, the World Series, I mean, better than our wedding. And so, like, so amazing. She said that, like, it's so amazing. Wow. It was the most electrifying atmosphere I've ever been in. Like, we were in the stands shoulder to shoulder with people, like, the guy, I don't know if you guys know anything about baseball, but the last time, 1988, this guy named Kurt Gibson hit this home run that like catapulted the Dodgers into winning that World Series eventually, like the momentum just, and so there's a guy sitting next to me during the, like this World Series, had a, had a 1988 Kurt Gibson World Series jersey on and he was at that game and it was just like such a cool moment and there was, there was one point in the game, the Dodgers were losing and I looked over to Catherine and I was like, Justin Turner, who was the, the batter. I was like, he's about to hit a home run right now. So I pulled my phone out, started recording it. He hit it right to us. And it was the most oh, amazing wow. thing I'd ever seen. And like even a little bit of a funny story earlier in that game, not in the game, but it was like before the game when they were taking like batting practice and stuff. This kid, like a ball, like, so, you know, you always want to get a baseball. So this ball got hit and this kid like didn't quite catch it, but it went like right between his legs and I snatched it from between his legs. And like, oh. generally like people stare at you and they're like, give the kid the ball, you know? And I was like, bruh, mm -hmm. if you only knew how far and how much I spent on these tickets, I am not giving you this ball. So I kept that ball <laughs> and I walked away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. They they lost last year in the World Series in Game Seven against the Astros, and then they just lost in the World Series again to the uh, mm. in five games to the Red Sox. We did not go this year, but if they go next year, mm. third time's a charm, and you better believe I'm gonna be there. Nice, nice. 
Uh, this last photo here is uh, from a little ways back, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. And it has a little bit more to do uh, with you and your wife, a little more serious. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about, a bit about it? Yeah. So um, this photo was taken a little while ago by a guy named Jerry Gahonis, which is a very, very, very popular photographer. Well, he took this photo when we first started our business. And it, it just means something a little bit now is like, when we started, like when and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like Catherine's been through this whole process through thick and thin with me. And, you know, as I've continued to build this business to grow my dream, there's been times, a lot of times where she's been put on the back burner and it's cost almost mm. cost us our marriage and all of those things. And she's been there for me and uh, I just couldn't do it without her. Like one, I think she looks smoking hot in this photo. And so I love it. <laughs> it's a photo of both of us. She is awesome. Uh, and then uh, just two, it just it just it just really signified like how far we've been and that we've been through it all together. And and they're really the foundations that we've set and been able to stand on have just been so solid. And and I'm just so thankful for her. And so it's just been a really really good yeah. photo for us. Were you ever able to wear that shirt again? Oh oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Okay yeah no, I've gained <laughs> a little bit of weight. Popped two buttons off of that shirt. Uh, I think I'm mm. actually back down at that weight now, but I haven't replaced the buttons. So. <sighs> I have to get some buttons get there. Buttons in. I really do. I'm going to go sew that junk up tonight. But uh, but yeah, so, uh, it's, I love that shirt. I just haven't been able to wear it. That's funny, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are the three uh, three what the gram mm. pictures I had for love you. Love it. I appreciate it. Yes, what the gram. Yeah. So if you want to listen to more what the gram, check out Devin's podcast, the Anchored Podcast, okay. Anchored Business Podcast, excuse I me. I appreciate you. Where can people find you online? Yes. Or Anchor and Veil. Yeah, so people can find Anchor and Veil at uh, Anchor and Veil on Instagram or Anchored Business Podcast or Anchor and Veil Photography.com or Anchor and Veil Photography on YouTube. So really just depends on Mm -hmm. what they're looking for. Or if you want to look at the shop, they can go to the anchoredshop.com or anchoredshop.com, whichever one, both of those work. And if your listeners want 15% off of the shop, they can actually go on and use promo code LiveLifeCreative, uh, and that will give them 15% off of the whole entire shop. Dude, that's so kind of you. Yeah, Thank man, you so much. For sure. Do you have any last advice for someone listening that wants to be more creative. Mm, for someone listening that wants to be more creative, uh, I would... You've already said so much in this yeah. interview. Like, I'm not sure if there's anything No, left. man, there's plenty. I think um, I think the enemy of great is good. And I think uh, never be mm. complacent. So what oftentimes mm. I see is a lot of people, they'll start their business and then they'll go mm. to photography workshop. And they're like, I want to learn more about photography. And then that's awesome. And then they do that. And, or like they start their business and they learn about photography and then they realize, Oh crap, in order for me to shoot more, I have to learn more about business. So then they learn about business. Um, and then it stops right there because then what I would suggest you to do now is after you learn about a business, that's gotten you a little more sustainable, continue to go back and learn more about photography. And that's where I think we absolutely like beat a lot of people in is people stop learning about photography because they think they know all they can know. We're like, we're constantly growing and not being complacent in like our, the way we shoot, the way we see light, the way we do all those things. Mm -hmm. And so never be complacent. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Of course. You've given very generously of your time. I know you're a busy guy, so I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. Um, You're doing an amazing job and I'm super, super pumped to hear more of your podcast. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me and Devin on today's podcast episode. What's one thing that you took away from our conversation? I want to hear from you. You can send audio feedback to livelifecreativepodcast at gmail.com. I talked about earlier a little bit about recording your voice memo app, sharing it to your email, sending that out. 
and that takes a little bit of time so i appreciate your investment into doing that and it helps make the show you know a little bit better to have that kind of feedback and having a conversation between myself and you and i would really love to do that and you can also tag the show on your instagram feed or in your stories uh, show me where you listen why you like to listen how you like to listen all of those are some great ideas and you can always hit me up at live life creative podcast i've switched to using that account for my personal like instagram consumption pretty much all the time so if you do something there like i'm gonna see if you take the podcast i'm gonna see it pretty much right away and don't forget you can support the show for free using the amazon link Find it at livelifecreativepodcast.xyz and tap support in the three-dot menu there at the top. I'm Dylan, helping you break down your creative barriers so you can live life creative. <laughs>